Bellissimo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! I'm ready for you to go ahead and take it away. This, this is the Bellissimo Files. It's the Bellissimo Files on spin. And now, your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. How's it going? I hope you're having a great start to your weekend. Uh, Serena here with the next couple of hours. Um, I've got a fabulous lineup of guests on today's Bliss My Files. I may be a little bit giddy because on today's show, I'm going to be joined by Johnny Knoxville. He's going to be talking all about Jackass Forever. Yes, the lads are back. And he's also going to be sharing his favourite things with us. Laverne Cox is going to be talking about the new fabulous Netflix series, Inventing Anna, and why she lives for the VIP lifestyle. Sarah Silverman will be talking what it's like to work with J-Lo on Marry Me. I'm going to give you a chance to win a 12-month Hey You subscription. And up next, I'll introduce you to the fabulous Ocean Tisdall. So, let's get straight into it. The Bellissimo Files. One to watch. This week's One to Watch told his sister at just 10 that he was going to be Jesse J. Well, he's on his way to making it as his own artist. He's moved to London, signed with Universal Music, and this week he released his latest track, White Lives. It's Ocean Tistel. Ocean, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is insane. Like, I've always grown up listening to Spin, so to be doing an interview on it is kind of surreal. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. This isn't your only surreal moment this week. Before we started this interview, I asked you how you were doing, and you told me that um, you're on a bit of a high because you're just back from the Brits. What was that like? That was insane. That was my first Brits ever, and um, to be back in the O2... And to just be around so much amazing creative people and just having a good time to be able to celebrate people's art and just being back together, it was very, 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 very surreal. <laughs> I love what your sister said to you when you said to your sister, yeah. I'm going to be Jessie J. She said, um, you can't be someone else, you have to have to be yourself. But, you know, being 10 years old, I didn't really understand that, understand that at the time. I just thought I could transform into whatever I wanted to. <laughs> but which you still can to an extent. But no, she definitely has always told me to stick to my guns and stick to who I am as a person and that really really helped me my sister's always been my little like cheerleader my little champion so yeah (laughs) she sounds amazing what was that like though growing up in a small rural town wanting to be an artist trying to figure out who you were as a person how did you find that um I think one thing that helped growing up you know kind of in like a small little village in the Wicklow Mountains was the time to disappear you know I'd always go down to like this little place by the river where I always go to sit and get like an escape from reality so I was always very in tuned into my feelings and my thoughts which really helps my songwriting process so I just feel like being out there and being alone like helped finding me and then also being in a small village everyone's really supportive but at the same time it's like you need to stick with reality you need to get your education first you need to get a job and you need to do this and get that masters and then you can go and follow your dreams but then it's too late so that was one hurdle to get over because people I feel like in Ireland as well it's education it is very important but I feel like sometimes we kind of put so much pressure on us youth to do that so what was it like for you at 17 moving to a massive city like London it was very surreal. I've always gone there with my mother because my mother's from the UK. So I've always used to go there and visit my family over there. But making the move by myself, you know, was very crazy. You know, it felt like um, a moment where dreams were coming true, if that makes sense. You know, doing it for something that I love, you know, something that I want to do forever. So it felt very, like, fulfilling. And then things just keep getting better and better. You wrote, broke up with my best friend. Out of that painful mm-hmm. moment came a really exciting moment. 
contact from Universal Music happen? And did you believe it right away? Honestly, no, because sometimes I get junk mail, you know, like, so when Broke Up My Best Friend had just been out a week or two, and I just spent all my money on music videos, and I was like, okay, what's the next move? You know, I know this is what I want to do for life. And then next minute, being an email popped up, okay, it's definitely not real, let's have a look at it. And then we realised it wasn't, and I ran out of the freaking house. I ran, done laps around my house, and then my mum and my sister were coming back from a walk, and they, they thought, like, the house was on fire, so I was just <laughs> running around the house. So then, then you sign Ocean, and what's it like? Is there <laughs> pressure that comes with it, or do you just keep going as you? Um, yes, it's definitely something I've always, you know, dreamed of being, like I said, being an artist. It's really, really good to have that team and that support around you. They, all these people around you focusing on, you know, your music and your career and wanting you to do well and trying to to get there for you. So that's a lovely, lovely feeling. Um, but of course, there's pressure where, you know, this time last year, it was just me and my creative director in my bedroom, you know, trying to figure out, right, what do we do? So now there is a little bit more pressure, but... It's always just best to 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 be you, regardless what pressure is there, you know. Well, all these people around you are helping to push your latest track, which I absolutely love, White uh, Lies. Thank Tell you. me about this. So, White Lies is my child. It's my very first song, first time I ever wrote with my co-writer and creative director Seven again. We came back from London at the very start, 2020, and we had to quarantine in my great dead uncle's abandoned farmhouse because we weren't allowed back to my house. Basically, when you're alone in a farmhouse for two weeks, you get to do a lot of, you know, overthinking and thinking back to past situations. And I just thought about a situation where I was with someone and they just kept treating me like and hurting me and breaking me down but I just kept going back to them because of their lovely blue eyes and I remember that I used to listen to Billie Eilish Ocean Eyes during that situation so we just wrote a song about that really well it is a gorgeous song and you have a beautiful video to go with it Ocean what are the hopes for this year and beyond this year would definitely be just getting the EP out getting the songs out and just I'm so excited to see people's reactions to them you know what I mean we've had working on this for so long and like putting my whole heart and soul into it so I'm excited to have the EP out and hopefully do some live performances I'd love to get back out there and back on stage and then in the future I'd love to win a VMA visuals have always been my thing you know growing up dyslexic never read stuff it was always photos and movies do you mind if I touch on that for a second because I think it is absolutely brilliant you know there's a lot of people I know who are dyslexic and are struggling at school at the moment but you've gone into songwriting and you've managed to work with it dyslexia is not something that will hold you back is it no definitely definitely not and also it's about adjusting and this is one thing why I find school hard because it's about how each individual works and how each individual learns so for me, like, yes, songwriting and being dyslexic is is difficult. But what I do is I get visuals in my head and I actually find the closest visuals to that online. I print out the photos of it and I stick all the photos together and I go into with my writers and into the studio and I go, this is the song visually. What was in my head? Can we write this? Definitely never let you hold you hold you back. It's actually kind of a blessing. You're different in the bestest way. Oh, Ocean, I love that. I can't <laughs> wait to see what you do next. For anyone who wants to see what you actually, can you give us all your socials? Yes, I'm Ocean Tistel on everything. So Ocean, then T-I-S-T-A-L-L. Brilliant. It has been such a joy to chat to you. Can't wait to chat to you again. Next time you have something out, you'll definitely be coming back to us. Yes? Yes. Thank you for having me. Are you insane? Of course, I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ocean, before I let you go, will you introduce your latest track for us? Yes, of course. Hey, everyone, I'm Ocean Tistel, and you're listening to my brand new single, White Lies, on the Bellissimo Files. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin.
You're listening to the Blissimo Files on Spin, where you may be feeling like you're experiencing some deja vu because Jackass is back. Yep, it's been just over 10 years since we saw the lads in Jackass 3D. Well, they're back with Jackass Forever, Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O and... A whole heap of new cast members. There's about six new cast members who are getting up to all sorts. Let's hear from Johnny Knoxville. Hey, Johnny, how's it going? Hey, Serena, how are you? I'm good. Do you know what? It's just so good to be able to laugh again. So thank you oh, for giving us something. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I think that's what we need, just to have a good laugh. But watching this, and I actually get told off by a lot of people in my life who go, why do you find it so funny when people hurt themselves. Have you gotten to the bottom of that after doing this for all these years? Have you figured out why we find it so funny? That is like something that's happened since the beginning of time. I think in History of the World Part One, it's a funny, there's a funny scene at the opening where in the caveman days, there's a stand-up comic trying to do his bits and no one is laughing, right? No one is laughing at what he's saying. And then a dinosaur comes into frame and bites him and takes him out. And everyone's like, ah! <laughs> so since the beginning of time, people falling down and hurting themselves is funny. When did you realize that, hold on a sec, not only can I do this for a living and have fun doing it, but someone's going to pay me to do this? Probably when we got the TV show, because I was, I was doing like silly things and skateboard videos before that. And I got paid for that, but not a lot. But when we got a TV show, it's like, Oh, maybe I can make a living at this. But it was for MTV, so you're not going to make much of a living. But the movies, like, took it to another level. Are there any times, though, where you go in? Because as I said, I, I enjoy the laugh, but I would never put myself front and centre. Like, are there any times when you're in there and you're going, okay, enough, like, what have I just agreed to do? Or are you just so in the moment that you just go with it? Well, I usually write my own stunts, so I kind of put myself in that position. By that time, it's like, this is what I'm doing today, you know? But, Johnny, even, like, I, I know everyone's brought this up, but the bull. Like, you get into, it's one thing to write that, but I'm sure there's got to be a fear that once you're in the bullpen that you're going, am I seriously going to go through with it? Was there any minute where you thought, mm, I might, I might let this be? No. No, I knew I was doing it. But it's funny, though, because I go away from the set before I do a stunt that could forever end bad. And I just sit in my car and listen to my cousin's music, Roger Allen Wade. And like, Jeff, just get the set ready. And when you're ready to shoot, no more cameras moving around. Come get me. And I'll walk right in the ring, release the bull. And that's what happens. And that's what happened. But just going into the gate and I'm the only one in the ring. Everyone's outside the ring. It's just me and the bull. That's a pretty lonely feeling, but it's also a pretty exciting feeling too because I know I'm about to get good footage. You're going to get good footage, but then do you even remember what you got because your injuries, like you suffered substantial injuries out of that, Johnny. Yes, yeah, sometimes I don't remember what I got, but when I was taken to the hospital after the bull stunt, they because I remember getting hit by the bull and flipping, but after that I don't remember anything. I remember standing next to the ambulance leaning against someone's shoulder. That was my first memory after that. But they sent me the footage and then, you know, I saw what happened. And then after doing that, like this was really serious injuries. We're not only talking about a broken arm or broken ribs. There was brain hemorrhaging. Like, did you ever after that point go, okay, enough, I'm done, I'm walking away? My neurologist had that talk with me. 
And because right, I've had 16 concussions and that one was a really bad, took me months to recover from. And uh, it's just like you just you just can't have another blow to the head. So I heard it. But I knew going into this movie, this was my last hurrah on big stunts. I've been doing this 20 years and I'm still walking and still talking. And I figure it's, you know, I'd rather walk out on my own accord. But see, most people go, okay, I'm laying it all out there for the film. When it comes to promos, I'll just do, you know, your interviews, your one-on-ones, but not Johnny Knoxville. You go and you perform in the Royal Rumble. Oh, they don't got anyone that can hurt me. <laughs> but they call them superstars. But come on, that low-down and dirty Sami Zayn. Is that a real rumble going on or is this all for the camera? Yeah, no, I'm really, like, like he, like, cowardly kicked me out of the ring when I wasn't looking and I'll get my revenge on him. It took four men to get me out of that ring. I mean, I'm wearing this sweater and I mean it. I'm Johnny Knoxville, champion world champion. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time um, to chat to us. So good to see you. And hopefully we'll see you back, but maybe not putting your body through as much next time. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> I can do that. If you want to see and have a bit of a laugh, Jackass Forever is in cinemas right now. And actually, a little later on on the show, we're going to have Johnny back because he is going to be sharing his favourite things with us. This is the Bellissimo Files with Hey You, home of Below Deck. Stream every season now and get new episodes the same day as the US. You're listening to the Bellissimo Files on Spin. We're still to come on the show. The fabulous Laverne Cox is going to be talking about the great new Netflix series, Inventing Anna, and why she just loves the VIP lifestyle. I mean, that's not hard to decide why. But anyway, stick around for that. Now, though, it is time for this. Let's go! The Bellissimo Files. What to watch. What to watch. Joining me on the line now is Entertainment.ie's Deidre Malumbi. Dee, how's it going? It's going very well. How's yourself, Serena? I'm very excited that today's reviews are two things that are actually showing in the cinema. The cinema is finally fully back. That's right. And they seem to also be leaning into the fact that it's Valentine's Day around now. So both of these releases could be perhaps a date movie, which is very good. Okay, let's start with a movie that... You know, pre-pandemic, D, I probably would have gone nowhere near this movie. I'm going to say it straight up. I absolutely loved this rom-com, Marry Me with J-Lo and Maluma. Yeah, it's a very um, it's a very rom-com kind yes. of rom-com. So we'll get into that <laughs> anyway. Ridiculous. Uh, yes, Jennifer Lopez in this essentially plays herself. No, not really. But she is a world-renowned pop star named Kat Valdez. And she and Bastian, her partner, are about to tie the knot in a live stream concert. But then Kat discovers that Bastian has actually been cheating on her. So she takes to the stage and spontaneously decides in the middle of this concert to marry a man in the audience who is holding up a marry me sign. Now, that man is Charlie, who is played by Owen Wilson. He's a single parent and a maths teacher. And Kat and Charlie decide, you know what, we've been in look, unlucky in love before, so let's give this marriage a genuine shot. Well, let's take a clip from Marry Me. This is them trying to get to know each other. Go back to Bastion. Aren't you just making the same mistake all over again? Again? Are you asking me to the school dance? Well, I could leave a note in your locker, but <laughs> here we are in free period, so I figured I'd take my <laughs> shot. A clip there from Marry Me. D, it is ridiculous. It is over the top. 
But it knows what it's doing. Like, it's sticking to that rom-com formula that we haven't seen in a long time. So I think I've forgiven it for all the cringiness, cheesiness. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm such a fan of romantic comedies. And I think there have been a handful in the last decade that have really kind of stood up, for me anyway, as trying to do like something big, a bit different, like something like, you know, The Big Six stands out for me or um, Man Up, movies like this. I just found this so... I kind of wish that they'd gone more nuts with this movie, to be honest, because... More nuts? More nuts, (laughs) because it's so... It's actually... It plays out quite conservatively. Like, once you get over the whole, okay, they ended up just spontaneously getting married to one another, it plays out like a fairly predictable romantic comedy. And I know that part of the appeal of this genre is that it is that bit predictable and it is, you know, hopeful and lovey-dovey and all of that stuff. But I personally felt like there was maybe a better, more interesting, funnier movie to be had here. But at that, I will say this. J-Lo and Owen Wilson are just very, very naturally charismatic and that absolutely shines through in this movie. And Jennifer Lopez looks so good. She is absolutely stunning in this movie. I love the songs in it as well. I just find them so, like silly and yet catchy and I mean some of the stage design and costumes and choreography in this when we get into you know um, her kind of superstardom as a singer in this movie like it, it looks incredible it's kind of like they mesh two movies together like a J-Lo concert yes. and a romantic comedy and I don't know if that quite worked for me anyway but I'm sure that if you enjoy these kinds of movies you'll be satisfied for it's, sure. It's a lot of fun and it knows it doesn't need to go for longer than 90 minutes so I know this is Dee's movie review segment but I'm taking over for a second and saying I'm giving this a four out of five what are you giving this day Serena it's longer than 90 minutes so I'm surprised the time must have flown by for you it's an hour and 50 minutes so there you go it was obviously that good that you were like this is a good 90 minute movie so fair enough I'll stick with your review of it Serena okay okay um let's move on to something completely different death on the Nile what's happening here Yeah, so this is actually the second murder mystery taken on by Kenneth Branagh. He both uh, directs the film and he takes on the lead role. He previously would have done so for uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which was out a few years ago. Um, So both of these are like adopting Agatha Christie's very famous hero detective, her Hercule Poirot for the big screen. So in this case, Poirot is on vacation in Egypt when he is invited onto the SS Karnak to celebrate a newlywed couple with their family and friends. But when one of the passengers is murdered, it is left up to <laughs> Poirot to solve the case. <laughs> Can you do that one, one, one more time? He's what? There's been a murder. <laughs> Let's take a clip. We have the Karnak all to ourselves until Abu Simbel. Don't worry about your things, darling Louise. We'll go back and pack up all your rooms for you and meet us at Jalan. Happy to miss you. Thank you. We have a piano tuned, a chef stolen from Shepherds of Cairo, and enough champagne to fill the Nile. A clip there from Death on the Nile. Dee, this sounds like fun, is it? I actually generally enjoyed this, I have to say, and I preferred it actually to Murder on the Orient Express. Um, I hadn't seen or read, um, you know, any adaptation of Death on the Nile before, so I didn't know the ultimate solution, which I think is probably a bit better going into this, because there's just something very watchable and exciting about a murder mystery, because you're kind of going along with it, but I think that every viewer secretly in their head is trying to solve the murder <laughs> themselves, so that's like a big kind of thrill of it, and I was proud to say 
say that it was one of the many theories that I had spiralling around in my head as to what the um, mystery could kind of turn out to be. Another appeal of this uh, movie, obviously, is you've got an all-star cast in here, aside from Kenneth Branagh. There's Gal Gadot, Russell Brand, Annette Bening, Dawn French, uh, Rose Leslie, Letitia Wright, Emma Mackey, Jennifer Saunders, to just name a few of them. It's an absolutely stunning cast. Um, And it's an interesting one. Because it's such a big ensemble, I wouldn't say that anyone gets like a super amount of screen time, which is probably just as well because we know about a certain controversial figure who's in the cast there too but probably Kenneth Branagh as Poirot is the standout in the movie um, for me. He's just, he's really spectacular in this. Like I said, I think even better than the first one. And Sophie Okonedo who plays the singer was very good in it too. So my general impression of Death on the Nile was I was pleasantly surprised and I thought it was good fun so I would recommend this movie yes. Okay, what are you going to give it out of four? Out of five, I'm gonna, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Ebert reviews. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. Okay, it's not not a bad weekend at the cinema and seriously you know the weather's quite crappy out there this is the perfect weekend to go to the cinema and enjoy a whole heap of different movies we didn't review uncharted um but if you want to know whether that's worth going that's the tom holland and mark Wahlberg new film tune in to gordon's uh, gordon hayden's we love movies tomorrow morning from eight o'clock and you can find out whether it's worth the ticket but in the meantime dj malumbi thanks a million and we'll catch you next week thanks for having me this is the Bellissimo Files. Oh. Exclusive to spin. The Bellissimo Files. Favorite things. In the show, we were joined by Jackass Forever star Johnny Knoxville. He was talking all about the film while I asked him if he'd stick around and if he'd share his favourite things with us. Johnny, we think we know you because we've seen you on the screen for the last 20 years, but can we get to know you in another way through your favourite things? Maybe. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? I was binge-watching Deadliest Catch. I know it's been out a while, but... <laughs> I know, right? What is your go-to movie? If you just want to laugh, what do you go to to laugh? A Mel Brooks film. Yeah, Mel Brooks is the best. Do you have a favourite book? I have a lot of favourite books. Uh, On the Road by Jack Kerouac. uh, Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole. Lolita was a great book. Favourite song? One that you'd play out on your radio show. I love that you have a radio show, by the way. Thank you. You mean the big-ass Happy Family Jubilee on Sirius Outlaw Country? I love that. Uh, Channel 60, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It ain't too good, but it's long. Uh, A family favourite song is uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken by the Carter Family. What is your favourite podcast? Well, of course, Steve-O has a great podcast. I also like uh, WTF by Mark Maron. What app can't you live without? What app do I use a lot? Uh, I don't know. I don't have a great answer for that. Probably the one that gets you around town. The, the, the map. The map. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what did we do before that? That's the one I can't live without. And finally, your favorite account to follow on social media? Um, probably uh, Dark Sharks Instagram. Let me look it up. Okay. He's in the movie. He's so funny. His Instagram's crazy, by the way. So it's not for the faint of heart. It's. B-L-A-C-C-A-P-O-N-E-23. That's Dark Shark's Instagram. But be warned, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to be easily offended, don't go on. (laughs) Well, Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Thank you. So 
great chatting to Johnny Knoxville. If you missed his interview, you can catch the video now up on our website, spin1038.com. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. A TV show that I have been binging right now, so much so that I think I binged it in three nights. It's called Inventing Anna, and it's mad. It's on Netflix, and it's based on a true story. Julia Garner plays Anna, Anna Delvey, who basically tricked all of New York society into believing that she's an heiress. But I don't. It, it, it's just such a weird character study because I truly believe that. Anna doesn't think she's tricking anyone. I think Anna truly believes that she is this high-flying heiress and she scammed so much money out of, like, high society of New York. It is about Anna, but it is also about the journalist who is played by um, Anna Klumsky, who you'll know from My Girl, and she was also in Veep. And she plays a journalist who uncovers Anna's story and tells Anna's story. And actually, Anna is played brilliantly by Julia Garner. If you're going, I know that name, but I'm not sure where I know it from. She stars in Ozark. You wouldn't recognise it. Producer Aoife was saying she um, saw her portray Anna Delvey and going, that looks nothing like Julia Garner. Complete 360. Two people who feature in this uh, TV series are Laverne Cox. I love her. She plays the trainer. And... Katie Lowe's. If you're a fan of Scandal, you will know her from Scandal, but she also plays one of Anna's friends, and I was so excited when I got to catch up with the two of them to talk Inventing Anna and see what they have to say about living VIP lifestyles. Katie and Laverne, so cool to meet you both. Hello. Great to meet you. Katie, I was on your Instagram, and you put up a post, and it said, you guys, this series, you're not ready. We're not ready. Tell us what we're in for. Oh, yeah. I just think I've never been involved in a project where I have gotten more DMs, tests, emails from family, friends of different age, race, creed, socioeconomic background. Like this show, people are ravenous for this story. And I just think that the show delivers. Laverne, we all tell white lies, but I think when it comes to acting... You know, we've all heard about the actors who go out there and go, you know, I can do this, but they really can't. What is the biggest lie you've told to get a role? (laughs) (laughs) That's a really interesting question. I'm like, have I ever lied to get a role? You know, one interesting thing that happened, I I booked a pilot in 2017 and it was was my show, my CBS show had been cancelled was canceled on a Friday. I um, It was the end of pilot season. I was in meetings on Monday in auditions, like literally on Monday and Tuesday. I got offered something on Tuesday. I did a chemistry read on Friday and found out I booked it on Saturday and was on a plane to Vancouver on Sunday. So like this all happened like really quickly. And I got to Vancouver and they were like, you can drive, right? <laughs> and... And it had not come up. And in the, in, the, in the script, my character literally drives the main character around. And it just all happened so quickly that no one bothered to ask if I could drive. I didn't lie. But I, it just didn't come up. And so I, in Vancouver, I'm cast without a driver's license and not unable to drive. And so oh I didn't lie. Oh, my God. But we had to. <laughs> what did you do? 
we had to have a, st- a, a, a someone else drive. We had a stunt person drive for me because, you know, I didn't have a license. They gave me driving lessons, but it was an insurance issue to have someone unlicensed behind the wheel. So I didn't lie, but it just didn't come. It was happened so fast. So I literally oh have my a God, learner's permit right now and I want to get my license so I can drive on camera. And I, But the learner's permit expires in a few months, so I need to get on it. Katie, what about you? My first job ever, I had one line on The Sopranos and I had to smoke a cigarette during the line and Steve Buscemi was directing the episode and he asked if I smoked and I was like, yeah, I smoked. (laughs) And I had every seat, every, I had to go, I don't eat fish. The toxins. And it was AJ's date to the wedding. It was my first job. I'd never been so nervous in my life. I was with Tony Soprano in the scene. I was green. I mean, I had to smoke so much. I was green. I thought I was going to puke, but I lied. (laughs) You were green literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Anna says in this VIP is always better. Laverne, in this job, there's a lot of VIP moments. What's one of the VIP moments when you, you looked at yourself and went, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh, so many. I just went to I just went to Paris and I saw one of the air, one, of, one of the airlines um, has this sort of concierge service. My publicist set it up where they sort of communicate with your driver and then they g- greet or greets you and takes you through like security and takes you to the lounge and then drives you to the airplane from on the tarmac. And I was just like. What is that? VIP is definitely better. I live, I try to stay grounded as much as possible, but I've become accustomed to hotel suites with great room service and great service. The hotel I was in, I'll, I'll say it now. I was at the Mandarin Oriental in Paris. I always stay there when wow. I'm in Paris. And the concierge, um, Dario, was the most accommodating when I arrived, he was like, we have your room ready, but we have a backup room just in case. Girl, I was like, he had a backup room. I was like, Dario, what is going on? Dario. Girl, I live. I live for a VIP fantasy. Girl, they let me. VIP is always better. It just, it's incredible. It really is. It's privilege. It is, you know, I live, but I live. It is really, it really is better. Well, Laverne and Katie, keep living it for us. It's so great to see you enjoying it. And it's so good to talk to both of you. So great to talk to you too, Serena. Bye. I love that chat. I felt like I was just eavesdropping on two girlfriends catching up with each other. Inventing Anna is streaming on Netflix now. And if you want to listen back to the interview we did with two other cast members last week, Ariane Moyard and Alexis Floyd, that is up on our website now, spin1038.com. And um, Ariane Moyard also tells us what it was like working on a on Succession. He's Stewie from Succession. I got very excited about that. <laughs> Break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? Five, four, three, two, one. Feel like me? You missed, you missed. Probably missed half of it. That's why producer Eva is joining me. Oh, oh. I don't know. We were just in two places at once. Yeah, I was just telling everyone what I was just telling you. (laughs) I've missed a lot of stuff. And so Eva is with me to catch us up on what we've missed. One thing I haven't missed is that this weekend Eva is the weekend of the mass Singer. We finally get to find out who's who. I know, but look, I have to admit, I'm going to miss it when it's gone. Serena, yeah. it's been such a focus of my Saturday night <laughs> for the last few weeks, which maybe is like, maybe I need but, to find a new hobby. But I am 
obsessed. Do you watch the whole thing? Like, I come in and out and I just make sure I'm there to scream at my TV. Yeah, I turn into a child. I scream at the yeah. TV. Take it off. Take it off. The best <laughs> part is the reveal. And I know And what we used to do was we'd watch it after it had been live so we could fast forward through, like, some of the bits. Yeah, that's a good idea. But now my TV provider doesn't let me do that anymore so I do have to sit through it all and all the ads so that's how dedicated I am. <laughs> wow. Okay, you have a few theories and yeah, I totally so agree with you on a couple We have left for tonight, we have Robo Bunny, we have Mushroom and we have Panda. Now we've seen a good few big names revealed and I think we will tonight again. I am convinced, I've said this already on the show, who Robo Bunny is. Have a listen and I will tell you who I think it is after. I'm not stealing your moment because you told me this, but I totally agree. It has to be Mark from Westlife. Oh, it has to be doubt. Mark Feely. If it is not, and someone is his voice twin, I will be absolutely shocked. I, if it's, I like, I just can't imagine it not being him. So I'm absolutely convinced. My other theory, Mushroom, last week hit us with a tiny little operatic note at the end of her song. And I am thinking, is it Miss Charlotte Church? Wow. Well, do you know what? I wouldn't put it past you because last week when they took the head off and Michelle Williams from I know. Destiny's Child. And the thing is, she's done it twice. She's done it in she the US the as well. She did one as well. I couldn't yeah. believe it because we, me and my roommate who are watching it religiously, had a theory it might be a Destiny's Child person because of the Super Bowl number on the back of the costume. Oh, you guys are good. But we were like, no, because they Michelle did the US one and we couldn't believe it when she was real. We also had Alla Jones who sang Walking in the Air revealed yes, last right. week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking Mark Feely for Robo Bunny, Charlotte Church for Mushroom, and I have no idea who Panda is. So I'm looking forward to seeing who that is tonight. And that's tonight on Virgin Media. It depends on the time. Depends on whether they're showing the rugby or not. Yes. Yeah. So just, just, <laughs> and beware because last week I got stuck with a spoiler because I didn't realise it. it started late in Ireland because of the rugby, and I clicked onto Twitter and it was all ruined. So don't do what I did yeah. last week. Do not be going to Twitter now. If one of the TV shows that everybody's talking about at the moment. It's a documentary. We had the ladies from the Tinder yes. Swimmer on the show a couple of weeks ago. And if you missed that, that is up on our website as well, spin1038.com. But what does a Tinder Swindler have to do with Ireland? I think a lot of people have been shook by the Tinder Swindler story because so many people online date now, particularly yeah. through the pandemic. And with Valentine's Day coming up, Gardy have actually taken the opportunity to warn people that in 2021, incidents of romance scams rose by 86% in Ireland. That is scary. Isn't it? Yeah, because so it doesn't just happen in a Netflix series. It can happen to anyone, as we learned with those ladies. Well, that, I think that was a scary thing because you all think, oh, well, we know we're so attuned to what's a scam and what's not a scam. But the problem with these scammers are they get your trust first. And yes. when you're so in, then they start to take. Yes, so please absolutely. Be, beware. And look, these ladies met this guy on the Tinder Swindler and they thought he was real and they gave him money. Don't give anybody money. That's no. Yeah, that, that, that's actually... Anyone that's try, you're trying to date, don't give them any money. That's, that's the best really way good to avoid it. Yeah. Now, gosh, today's all a bit Debbie Downer. You're going to give me some really devastating news now. I know, Serena. And I feel really bad because I know this is like very um, homely for you. <laughs> yes. But the news came out this week that koalas are now an endangered species. First Neighbours is getting off our TVs. I know. The Can I just jump in before we talk about the koalas? <laughs> Do you know that on the UK charts, do you know what the number one song is? What? 
the neighbour's theme song. <gasps> it is not. <laughs> yep. I yep. feel like you had something to do with that. I wouldn't waste some money on that. But so we're losing possibly we're possibly losing neighbours and we're possibly losing our koalas. We cannot be losing the koalas. I know. And look, there's been other animals that have become endangered and we have managed to turn it around yeah. and bring more of them into the world and all that kind of thing. So hopefully we'll do the same in koalas and they're just so cute. They really are. Yeah. Okay. Aoife, that was a bit of a downer, but you're coming back <laughs> and giving us a, a bit more happy news because you're <laughs> going to be back with our Bellissimo Files single of the week. Who have you pitted against each other? I am indeed. We have the new one from Coldplay and Selena Gomez. They've just released an amazing video to go along with their song and uh, one from Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran as well. And I have a dance track from an Irish artist again this week. I'm so excited. This is the Bellissimo Files. Oh, exclusive to Spin. Earlier on in the show, we reviewed Marry Me. And as I said, I didn't think I would love this film as much as I did. It's just the cheesy rom-com, big concert film that we've been missing. It stars Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson and Maluma. And playing Jennifer Lopez's assistant in this film is comedian Michelle Buteau and playing Owen Wilson's best friend is comedian Sarah Silverman. I got to catch up with both of them. Michelle and Sarah, so lovely to chat to you both. Hi. Likewise. This was such a fun film. What was it like, Michelle, not only to be baking a rom-com and to be doing it on the streets of New York City, but to have your own personal J-Lo and Maluma concert happening as well? Uh, it was 10 out of 10 stars on ZocDoc, okay? It was really a dream. I'm like, this doesn't even feel like a job. This just feels like something I get to do. And they're giving me hot food? Like, what have I done in life? I'm a good person. (laughs) What about you, Sarah? Oh, it was a blast. It was such a great group. It was so fun. You know, nothing was, like, kind of got too serious or heady. Nobody lost their temper, you know? It's just... yeah. Lovely people making a really big, big movie, you know, like just classic romantic comedy. And gosh, I we need a feel good movie right now. Trust. I was was saying to Kat, I didn't realize halfway through the film, I just like took a look at myself and went, what is that cheesy grin you're wearing on your face? I haven't done that in a movie in a long time. So, ladies, Uh, thank you so much. That's so (laughs) nice. this, This film was, you know, all about funny things that happened at a concert and led to something else. Sarah, what is a memorable moment a fan has given you at a stand-up event? Oh, no, stop her time. This isn't fair. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have one brewing, Michelle? Because I can't. My brain is dead right now. What is is this? You know what? I do have one. So now that I've had um, twins, um, I have a boy-girl twins, um, twin moms show up. And they have twins of all ages. Sometimes they bring the twins with them or the one twin that they like. And so one lady <laughs> in Miami gave me a self. Uh, the twins were like six months. And she gave me a kit to, like, take care of myself. It was like lotion for my feet. lotion. For, it was oh. like a self-care package for a twin mom. And I it, half the stuff I didn't even know I needed. And so I'm like, this speaks v- v- volumes to me. And it was like a little thing of Prosecco. I'm like, that's right. I don't need the whole box. I need a little thing. So, yeah, I mean, more care packages for your favorite comedians is what I say. I that love is that. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of one. I got a card from a kid, like maybe her parent brought it or something at a at a gig I did. And I put it in a drawer and didn't really see it. And then I was going through my 
organizing. I was moving, and I found it nine years later. Oh, and I read it, and it was from this girl who had leukemia, who loved comedy and all this stuff. And I go, oh my god, oh. And I looked her up, and I found her, and she was alive, totally in remission, thriving. She's an actor, director, and and now we're in contact. She just moved to L.A., and I'm just so proud of her. You know, she's like this young woman, like making movies and stuff. It's very and cool. Sarah, she's going to cast you in her next film. Like, how That's what I that? told her. A, yeah. That's what I told her, too. <laughs> this film is all about, you know, taking leaps of faith. What, Sarah and Michelle, are the scariest or best leap of faith you've ever taken? In life? Yeah. Well, I met my husband out of a one-night stand. So talk about sort of following your heart. And he went back to Holland, and we just spoke over Internet and email and phone for the next three or four months. And he was like, look, I can't afford to come back. He was a broke photographer. I was a broke comedian. And so I opened up a credit card and booked a trip to Holland, but also brought my best friend, who's a very attractive male. And I was like, if you're okay with my best friend being this guy, and I need my best friend with me to make sure I'm not boy crazy, let's just see what happens. So I'm glad I followed my instinct, my gut, because now we've been together 14 years and have three-year-old twins. So I just say, you know, don't listen to everybody else. Do you. I love that. What about you, Sarah? Well, I I met my boyfriend um, playing video games over the (laughs) internet and um, during quarantine. And it was uh, definitely like, hey, it's the end of the world. Let's just do this kind of abandon. And um, yeah, we're st- we're still going, so maybe we'll be a it'll be a Michelle Buteau like story in <laughs> oh, you know twelve what? years. <laughs> yeah, wait. That is a really lovely way to end this. I'm ending it with the way I ended that film as well, with a cheesy grin on my face. So, ladies, Aww. thank you so much. Of course, nice to meet you. I never expected them to open up as much as I did in that interview. I love them in that interview, but I also love them in Marry Me, which, as I said, stars J-Lo, Maluma and Owen Wilson. And, of course, Michelle Buteau and Sarah Silverman. That is in cinemas now. And if you want to watch back that interview, you can. It is up on our website now, spin1038.com. Let's go. This is a news music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. Before we find out what Aoife's dance track of the week is, we want to find out what new music is out. And it's all about collaborations. It is. And we have a lot of Valentine's theme going on today in our two tracks that are up against each other. First, we have Selena Gomez and um, Coldplay have a new collaboration and they've just released a new video for it. It's called Let Somebody Go. You're not a fan of Coldplay. What is it about Chris Martin's voice? I know, and just that note he hits at the end. It's very nice. I feel like this song and the next one I'm about to play are very high contenders for like first wedding dance songs. I think that's the kind of thing that they'll be. I don't know if I want to be playing Let Somebody Go at the wedding though. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't actually taking any meaning from the words. It just sounds like a ballad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 
maybe the quick one. Maybe if it's maybe if it's one of those like married at first sight shows, it'd be great yeah. for one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's perfect. You've got your producer head on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this next one by Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift—they've teamed up again. Yes. Uh, so another big collaboration, and this one is called "The Joker and the Queen." You think that what makes a king is gold A palace and diamond rings when I fold You see the best in me The Joker and the Queen Okay, I don't mean to be a downer on this one, but that's really slow. I know, but it's Valentine's Day, Serena. You have oh, you to know, get I into the vibes of the love and I'm the cheesiness. Ba- I'm a bar humbug when it comes <laughs> to Valentine's Day. That's why I'm shocked that I loved Marry Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose that's what we can expect from this week with new music. There's just lots of love themes going on. But what I really love about this is, so the song was originally released as a solo song for Ed on his album that he brought out at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Taylor came on to cover it with him. And they've made a video for it, which actually features the same actors from the music video they did ages ago uh, called Everything Has Changed. About 10 years ago now, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the same child actors who are now like grown up and in college. They still look ridiculously like Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran. And yeah, everyone's just feeling very nostalgic because it's like, oh my God, we're all old because these people are now too. Okay, now you've made (laughs) me love the song, Eva. (laughs) <laughs> well, they're the two songs that are up for the single of the week. You know what to do. Head over to our Insta stories at official spin 1038 Take that poll. And in the meantime, the Blizzards have some new music. I know. Very excited to hear new music from the Blizzards. This one is called Trigger Me. And yeah, it's a great track. I think I'm missing that real rock type of music. Yeah, and remember, I've said this the last few weeks in Music Fix, we're starting to hear more of that style come back into yeah. it. I think that style is, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you know, TikTok is like the place for music now and it's really starting to edge its way in there, which is great. Um, what I love about this, the video is fantastic. It's very like um, kind of Alice in Wonderland, dystopia kind of thing. It's really, really good. So make sure you go check out the video as well. And Louise actually sings on this as well. We had yes, her on the show. we had her on the show a couple of uh, weeks or months ago. Yeah. She is, um, yeah, she's one of the members of the Blizzards and we had her on talking about her prism therapy platform. And yeah, she fe- features on a verse on this one. That's great to see new music from the Blizzards, but it's also great to see this, Aoife. What have you got for a safer? I always say it, my favourite time on my dance track of the week is when I get to play an Irish track. I just love seeing up and coming Irish dance music. We didn't have a lot of it for a long time, so it's really good to see stuff coming out. Uh, This one is the new one from Mix and Fairbanks. It is called Messenger. I love that and I can also see that as part of a massive blockbuster like 
film that's based on a video. Yes, and these lads have done the festival scene quite a lot here in Ireland. I'm hoping we'll see the same from them this year. They are a great act to see live if you manage to catch them. Brilliant. Well, P- uh, Aoife, the people have spoken. What is the Busmo Files single of the week? I know, and I, do you know what? I think everyone is feeling the emotional Valentine's Day vibes. This is the new one from Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. It is called The Joker and The Queen. How was I to know It's a crazy thing I showed you my hand And you still let me win The Joker and the Queen I'm all zen-like after that and I reckon I've shed a tear or two. It's the new one from Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. You voted that. Your Bellissimo Files single the week, The Joker and The Queen. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Aoife and I will be back next week. Bye. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin.